Hi there. We are so glad to see you here in our little town. You may have heard of us before, and while you can't believe everything you read, we hope you are prepared to enjoy your stay. Because here, anything can happen. So, lock your doors, set aside your assumptions, broaden your mind, and enjoy your trip to Superstition. Episode 2, It Doesn't Want Symmetry. I want to tell you a story. I suppose we're already in the middle of one. This is a story about the story I'm telling you already. It's just a little piece of something much bigger. And it's mine. It's easier to tell this story in pieces, like you're dissecting it, looking at it through a microscope. It doesn't make sense like that, but it doesn't make sense anyway, so who cares? This is a story about things without endings. Ready? My dad loves puzzles. Crossword maniac. You could get him those handheld metal rings that slot together for every night of Hanukkah and he'd be happy as anything. He used to buy those huge thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles and monopolize the dining room table for weeks at a time, slotting together lots of tiny things to reveal a Monet painting. Mom would always ask him if he wanted to mount and hang them, but he never did. I think she liked the idea of permanence. Dad seemed to enjoy taking them apart almost as much as he liked putting them together. I like to watch Dad hold a piece in his hand and rotate it, studying the table without moving, and then place it right on the first try. I could never get it right like that. I work better through trial and error. When I turned 13, he set up a scavenger hunt for my birthday. It was complex. He'd thought of everything. Everyone got a card with a series of numbers and a map. Whoever got to the end first got a prize. He worked in it for weeks, I think, in secret. Ten steps, coded messages, hidden notes. In retrospect, it was way too complicated for a bunch of preteen girls to figure out on their own. We were at it for hours, tramping around in December snow, and we got close. And then I got mad, and I couldn't find Dad to tell him I was mad, and I was about to throw a fit and end the whole thing when he showed up. Gave us some hints, and we got there. Said he was proud of me. Touching story. I got close, but not close enough. A funny memory, right? I don't know why it's so clear. I doubt anyone else thinks about it at all. Overshadowed by the other thing that happened a few months later. Sometimes I wonder if things would be different if I'd just been able to figure it all out on my own without his help. Sometimes I wonder if it's not over yet, if there's a clue I'm missing, a step I didn't take, if I used up my hints too early. And if I solve it, a 15-year-old mystery, then I'll see the whole picture. Then I'll understand. I know that says more about me than it does about the truth. Life doesn't work like that. It doesn't want symmetry. It just fucks you over. But I can't help but wonder.
Well, hello, young lady. How can I help you? Uh, I'm looking for the paper, the Superstition Daily Caller. I thought this was the address, but the sign out there says Bryant and Sons. This building is decades older than you or I. Once upon a time, there was a well-to-do family in this town who owned a lumber mill. And as time went on, they stopped just chopping down trees and started turning them into paper. And not long after that, they started putting words on them. So, short answer? <laughs> yes. This is the paper. So, are you Bryant or are you Sun? Neither. The Bryant in question vanished mysteriously at the age of 80 when everyone in town thought he was wheelchair-bound. And the Sun is in the back in his office. I'm married to him, though, so I'm a Bryant by proxy. Originally an O'Connor. Duncan. You must be the woman staying at the hotel. I guess I am. Word sure does travel fast. It's because none of us have anything else to talk about. Kathy said you had pancakes for breakfast. It's a good, solid decision. She didn't give me your name, though. It's Jack. You can tell her they were good pancakes. I will pass that on. What can I do for you, Jack? This is kind of an odd request. I'm ready and eager and bracing myself. Things are a snail's pace in town today, and I'm due to go proofread a story on our middle school tennis team. I hate tennis. I was wondering if there's an archive of old editions of the paper, and if I could take a look at it. Well, yes, there is, but I can't access it for you. Oh. oh I can never find what I'm looking for in it. I had nothing to do with its organization, and it's abominable. We can ask the son of Bryant and Sons, as it's his problem. Oh. I'll buzz him up. And then I hope you'll tell us what this is about. I'm very interested. You're not a reporter, are you? What? No. Okay. I'm the editor-in-chief. Oh, boy. It took me a while to decide what to do next after finding my mother's photograph. I thought about turning around and driving home. I thought about getting drunk. I thought about calling my brother. But for the first time in years, I had something that looked like a question. And running away wouldn't offer any answers. So I did the only logical thing that came to mind. I asked the librarian. She pointed me in the direction of the newspaper. The photo had been run 15 years ago in the Superstition Daily Caller which is why I ended up standing in the Daily Caller's front office, watching its editor-in-chief operate a pager. What on earth is it? I'm in the middle of doing the ads, and you know I'm in the middle of doing the ads because I always do them on Thursdays after lunch. Did that ridiculous young man you hired crash a delivery truck again? Much more interesting than that. Ben? This is the young woman staying at Kathy's hotel. Are you showing tourists around now? Is that a new service we offer that you didn't tell me about? Not exactly. Jack, this is Ben Bryant, the owner of the Daily Caller, and my better half. He's only saying that because I'm doing the ads, and he hates doing the ads. Jack, that's it? Well, Jacqueline, but I can't say that suits me. Yeah, you look more like a Jack. What do you want, Jack? I want to take a look at the paper's archive from 15 years ago, around the 4th of July. That's very specific. We've always kept records, physical copies and microfiche, bit of a mess. 
Why? I'm looking for something. I'm looking for my car keys, and I'm not hunting through 15 years of old newspapers to find them. Someone. I'm looking for someone. And I saw her. Photo. In the library. On the wall. Okay. Let's get you set up. Fifteen years ago, you said? Fourth of July? Here's 2002. Let's see. It's a shot of a crowd. A bunch of people? On the front page. I know the photo you're talking about. I'm the one that took it. You did? (laughs) Have you worked here forever? (laughs) Essentially. Pops passed it on to me when he retired, and my grandpops before did the same, and so on. We were in no hurry to force my stepson to work here, so... After me? Who knows? He plays tennis. And he's good at it. Here we are. July 4th, 2002. That it? That's it. You really took this? (laughs) Sure did. Wrote that headline, too. Fourth of July parade sets records. Artemisia Smith baked a record-breaking number of peach pies that year, too. And there was that very strange incident with the snakes. They said that was because of the cold. And the ghosts. Ghosts? Superstitious nonsense. You live in the right place. What makes you say that? Uh, the name of the town? People say that they saw the shadows of everyone who had died in the last year walk through the town square at midnight. And I say Artemisia Smith put something in the pies. She is a witch, after all. I would have loved to have photographed that. The dead walking among us on the longest day of the year? That's the solstice, not the 4th of July. You weren't even here, dear. You'd moved away. But you were. Did you see anything? No. Uh, Sorry. Of course you didn't. Feel free to ignore him. Duncan collects gossip and weird tales like it's his job. Which it isn't. His job is to edit the sports column this afternoon. I have a nose for news. I love ghosts. And I dislike tennis... Though I respect my son's decision to be good at it. Ghosts. Huh. Do you have the original of this photo? Bet I do. I'll have to search. What I'm looking for, it's in the background. There. That woman? With the dark hair? It's hard to tell. Let me see what I can dig up. The quality of a photograph printed in a newspaper over a decade ago isn't great. Grainy, black and white pixels. It looked like her, but maybe I just wanted it to look like her. It looked like a blob of black ink in the shape of someone I knew once. Was I looking at the photograph of a ghost? It felt a little weird to keep looking through the old papers without Ben in the room, but I did anyway. I felt desperate, hunting for proof. Of course, I forgot I wasn't alone. Oh, look there. That's a great photo of the Malay girls. What do you know? Such a shame about Katie. I hope she's all right. The photo in question showed Jennifer Malay, age 16, smiling, holding some kind of high school science project. 
Her sister stood in front, clutching part of a hand-constructed windmill with a huge grin on her face. Jenny's hand was on her sister's shoulder. You can tell that they love each other. It's all over their faces. What can I say? I'm a sucker. I feel obligated to point out that I don't really believe the dead walk the earth on July 4th, 2002. It's a great story, isn't it? But nothing more than that. You think I'm buying into that bullshit? You looked a little spooked, is all. I'm fine. You're not the first person in the world to tell a ghost story. Certainly not. Superstition has its fair share, though. It's part of the allure. Ben said you moved away? For a while. I went away to college. I worked at a paper in Fort Worth, then Dallas, then St. Paul. I got married, got divorced, moved back. Why the hell did you do that? Because people here believe the dead walked the earth 15 years ago. Oh, they don't if you ask them outright. Not most of them. But you can hunt around for the right witness. That should be a reason to get the hell out. Not for me. This town is filled with history, Jack. Stories. For instance, did you know that Patrick Millay came back from the dead? Jenny said there was a miscommunication at the hospital. <laughs> she would downplay that. The way I heard it, they were already cutting him open when he opened his eyes and asked for his wife. I pity the medical examiner. And in the 70s, seven different eyewitnesses claimed they saw someone spontaneously combust on the street. Burst into flames. That's why we have a new city hall building. It burned down in the blaze. The hot sauce in this town must be lethal. And even further back, for a week in 1929, the entire town became possessed by the devil and killed several young women in the town square before returning to their senses. What? Well, that's what they say. Claim they heard the devil speak to them. Claim they didn't remember the murders. The papers at the time all said it was something in the drinking water. I think it was probably some kind of group psychosis, brought on by religious fervor. Shitting baby Jesus. I don't think he was there. And you came back here? Moved my son back here. I understand it sounds batty, but there's something about it. It's lacking certain big city amenities, of course. Sometimes the people here forget there's a whole world out there. Many huge, awful problems that don't reach us. Things are a lot bigger than our rumors and our complaints of the week. Well, this feels big enough for now. Well, you're right about that, too. I'll leave you to it. I hope you can find what you're looking for. Is there a, a name I can search... See if anything comes up? No, well, her name's Mira. But if that's really a picture of her, then I don't think she was using it. It's that kind of thing? I don't know what kind of thing it is. Kathy said you were a detective, which I didn't believe because you look so... Short? Pleasant. But you looked a little hard-boiled just then. I hear you get better at it with age. That's true of most things. Found that photo, and did you want better? Everything I shot that day. There's a couple hundred images there. I can pull them up on the computer. Yeah. There it is. That's 
Well, it's much clearer. Come on, Duncan. She has some hunting to do. You have some editing to do. Mm, terrible. Jack, I... I hope you find what you're looking for. Being scared makes you feel alive. Or so they say. I don't know. Mostly, it just makes me feel little, which isn't exactly something I enjoy. And I was scared, looking at that photo. It looked like her, but it was hard to tell. It could have been another woman, mid-forties with dark hair, who didn't know she was being photographed in a crowd. I didn't want to click through the images Ben had loaded on his dusty office computer because I was scared I'd be proved wrong. Terrified I'd be proved right. But that's what I was here to do. So I did it. Images flew past me. Homemade parade floats, fire trucks, kids on bikes, ice cream vendors, smiling faces, hot sun making the ground shimmer. My eyes searched photographed crowds and saw nothing, image after image, nothing at all until an unfocused shot. The photographer was probably trying to take a picture of an old Model T Ford driving in the parade, but someone had stepped in the way of the camera. She was in motion, turning, looking to her left. Eyes dark and surprised, mouth turned down. There was something almost frantic on her face, an expression of worry and need. I knew that expression. My mother often looked like that because when my mother worried, it showed all over her face. And my mother often worried. There was no mistaking her for anyone else. Was I looking at a photo of a ghost? In a way, that's all a photograph is. An imprint of something that was. Meaningless, until the right person looks at it. And here I was, looking into her face, captured in pixels on a screen. She did not look back. Outside the office, mid-afternoon sunshine was so bright that my eyes watered and for a moment I felt lost and dizzy. Then they cleared. Kids walked down the sidewalk with backpacks over their shoulders. Two trucks with their front windows rolled down honked at each other in passing. The air smelled like dust and sagebrush and hot asphalt. Ordinary. Small and safe. What had Duncan said? People here forget how big the world is. I felt like I was seeing two things at once. What this town was and what it might be. What it could be. Something on my mother's face in that photograph looked afraid. When that photo was taken, she had been missing for two months. <sighs> Maybe that's just what I wanted to see, to make this make sense. Superstition felt big to me. And I felt scared and wild and like I'd picked up a puzzle piece with the wrong edges, no idea where it fit. Or as if I'd found another clue in a scavenger hunt, long after I'd thought the game was done. The combination of that sudden, shocking fear and a restless night's sleep left me exhausted, so I went back to the hotel for a little shut-eye. I saved copies of the photos from the paper on my computer, and I thought about what to do next. Visit Kate's apartment, 
read the journal I'd found inside the church? I started to, opened it to the first page and tried to orient myself in the world it was describing. Two men on a train heading towards Denver, Colorado. And then I stopped, a page in. My eyes were heavy, mind buzzing. It felt like something from a dream, this story about a world long gone. Was this man with my last name really some kind of family connection? Was that even possible? Why was I so afraid to find out for sure? The journal was in my hand when my eyes slid closed. Is that oh, hotel air conditioners, man? Let me just. Oh, I don't see a vent. Guess it's coming from outside. Oh, sounds like a swarm of bees. What? What the hell is? What the? No, I can't be seeing. I can't. I don't understand. I don't know what you want. I don't know what that means! I don't... Where are they? I... <gasps> what? Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. A dream. I gotta... I gotta stop napping in the middle of the day. <sighs> what was that? Hills, like looking into something too big to understand. Huh. Oh, pull yourself together. You're not an acid at the moment. Man, this town's doing a number on me. While I'd been sleeping, dreaming, someone had called my cell phone. The message was from Simon Millay, Jenny and Kate's uncle, which reminded me I wanted to look through Kate's apartment. It felt like something concrete I could do, something tangible. It was dark out when I left the hotel. I felt like I'd slept for only a few minutes, but really it had been hours. I want to describe the dream, but I don't know if I can. I opened the door that was supposed to lead from my hotel room to the hall, but instead of seeing floral wallpaper and a window onto the street, I saw... It was like looking at something that meant something else, except I didn't know what it stood for. Something big, cosmic, religious maybe, in the way I used to think about religion when I was little. Something asked me a question. I don't remember what it was. It told me, it said that what I'm looking for isn't going to be what I find. I wish I knew what that meant. Does it have to mean something? It's a dream. Do I just want it to? That's why I came here, right? Kate Millay's apartment was a short drive from the center of superstition. Everywhere I'd been so far had been walking distance apart, so it was almost strange to get back into the truck and just drive. Moving away from the kitschy, homey center of town felt a little like pulling myself clear of a black hole, 
If that black hole was a friendly, welcoming mom-pa general store selling two-for-one striped candies. That pretty veneer started to crack as I made my way through a run-down neighborhood, poorly lit streets, and an abandoned, dusty fairground. It was definitely a lot more real than any place I'd been yet, but creepier. In my defense, I spent ten minutes knocking on the landlord's door. I even called the phone number Jenny had given me, listened to it ring. Nobody picked up. Must have been out for the night. So I picked the lock. Come on, you obvious stubborn metal Aha! Let's see what you have to tell me. Well, Jenny was right about one thing. Definitely think I'd get along better with one sister than the other one, though she could buy something other than fruit-flavored vodka. Uh, there's her calendar. Uh, had her oil changed and... What's this, meat G? Doesn't really look like she was going out of town. This looks like her purse, or a purse, anyway. What was that? <laughs> Just the wind. Still all shook up. Okay, bedroom. Bed's unmade. And here's her phone charger. Wouldn't leave that behind, would she? Bunch of clean laundry. What's this? On her desk? Looks like a note or half of one. I know that I'm not making... That it's torn. I wonder if... This always works in movies, right? She was writing on a pad of paper. Pencil around here. Here we go. I know that I'm not making this up. I can't read what's in the middle, but here it says, at least someone in this family believes me because Jenny's being a real bitch. <laughs> she and her sister really don't get along. And... Wait. Okay, that was definitely not the wind. I've just been someone outside. Shit. What if it's the landlord? Damn it, Jack! Damn it, damn... Uh... Ugh. I crammed myself into Kate's messy closet and yanked it closed seconds before someone opened the bedroom door. I could only see an inch of the room. An arm in a dark jacket and something sleek and metallic held in one hand that might have been a flashlight. Or a gun. Damn it, Jack. The shit you get yourself into. Whoever had followed me into Kate's apartment looked around her bedroom, poked at the pile of folded laundry. I pressed myself back into the closet as far as I could go and almost fell down over something boxy and square sitting on the floor. Hangers rattled and the figure turned in my direction. I was trapped and there was no way they wouldn't open the closet door and see me half crouched on top of Kate's suitcase. So I did the only thing I could think of right then. Take that, oh you! My god. Creepy, oh my god! Creepy, what creepy, the fuck ow, did you just ow, come from? Still, Where the fuck did you just come from? Stop hitting me! Oh my god, rat, stop! Rat, stop! Yeah, stop. Ow, You're the weasel! Stop! Stop. Ow, ow. stop! Stop yelling and stop hitting me! Get the hell oh. off me or I'm gonna bite your nose right off your foot! Oh. Uh, hey. Hi. So, uh, you come here often? You look nice tonight. Does that usually work for you? What? flirting your way out of trouble. Do I look like it usually works for me? Ow! Hey, no! All right! I'm usually better at it, but I'm working under pressure and you're a really tough audience. Yeah, sorry about that, but you did throw yourself out of a closet at me, so you'll excuse me if I'm a little on edge. I thought you had a gun. 
It's a flashlight. A gun? Well, it's Arizona. Everyone's got a gun, right? You can get them at Walmart. <sighs> what are you doing here? Detecting. Told you I was a detective, right? I asked if you were a detective, and you were flirting with me when you said yes. Well, I am. And I'm detecting. I watched you stand around outside this building for ten minutes and then break in here. That doesn't seem like detecting to me. You watched me stand outside the building for ten minutes? I mean... You followed me! You broke in here. I couldn't get a hold of the landlord. Usually when someone's not home, you come back later. You don't pick the lock. Well, I missed etiquette day at school, but I'll remember that for the future. Real nice to see you. Now I really gotta be go- <laughs> oh! Hold it. You're not going anywhere. What are you looking for? What do you want? <laughs> you want to buy a girl a drink first before you just- Start explaining. Of course. <clears throat> sure. Kate Malay doesn't seem to be coming home anytime soon. Does she? That's what her sister thinks anyway. What are you talking about? That's what I'm doing here. Jenny hired me. Jenny hired you? Ooh. <sighs> Damn. You got strong hands. Got a black eye tomorrow. Yeah, she did. Told her I'd help her. Kathy at the hotel said you were a detective, but I thought you were just pulling her leg. But she also said your name was Jack, so I thought maybe she was thinking of someone else. Sorry. You scared the crap out of me. Man, word gets around in this town. I'm joking about the black eye, but I look great with a black eye anyway, so you might get lucky. So you just rolled into town yesterday during Jenny Malay's time of need like, what, some kind of truck-driving angel of mercy? Well, when you put it like that... Oh, knock it off. It's a little more complicated than that. Meaning what? Maybe it's just a coincidence. I don't really believe in those. I've lived in this town too long. I'm here to find someone. Someone else. Who? That's not your business. I could still call the cops. Fine. My parents, okay? Good old mom and dad. Like I said, not your business. Oh. I didn't follow you, for the record. My dad lives close by. I was biking home when I saw you standing in the parking lot. Uh-huh. And you did jump out at me from a closet. I'm a little on edge. Your town's creepy as shit. Sometimes. So, detective, did you detect anything? I can't do it when someone's watching. <laughs> that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> the cops said they think Kate's just AWOL, right? Just not calling her sister back? But I don't think so. Why? You've never met her. You're not worried? Didn't say that. Well, look, she's supposed to be out of town on a trip, but her suitcase is still in her closet. Tripped over that, hiding from you. And she's left her phone charger and a bunch of clean laundry, food in the fridge. So she was just getting ready to leave and, what, got interrupted? Well, I don't know exactly. And what else? What did you see? Then the calendar in the kitchen. Said she was going to go meet G the day after she went missing. Who's G? Her boyfriend, right? Yeah, his name's Gunner. How patriotic. I didn't name him. You think something bad happened? Don't you? 
I don't want to jump to conclusions. Occam's razor before malice. Though, I kind of wonder if that holds in this town. The rules of gravity still stick here, don't they? So far. I've just heard some pretty weird stuff. Oh. Did Jenny tell you about her grandfather? She mentioned it, and so did the guys who run the paper. Is it real? Real as anything. Don't suppose Kate's gonna come back from the dead, do you? If she is, that would mean someone's killed her. And you don't want to jump to conclusions. No, I want to think through it. So what do you think happened? I don't think Kate just left without telling her sister. I think she was getting ready to go, and then something happened that made her run out of here in a real damn hurry. That, or... Or what? Or she left against her own will. Nobody really vanishes without a trace. They always leave something behind them when they go. A note on their calendar. An unlocked door. Promises. Family members. Their car keys. Expectations. Photographs. Two kids in a house in the suburbs. A sister who wants answers. Maybe it's my job to sort through the remnants. String them together. Make them make sense. Look for a cause and effect. Look for the why. There has to be a reason. And if you can find that reason, then you can understand when and how and why. Right? Kate Molay left an apartment full of clues. A sister who's worried sick. A town who thinks they know her. A long list of assumptions. My mother. My mother left the two of us. And 15 years of silence. What have I found? A journal thrown out of time? A photograph that shouldn't exist? A missing girl who doesn't have anything to do with me except for the lines I'm drawing between then and now? I have this sense that there's something I'm not seeing. Like when you're way too close to a puzzle and all you see are the lines in between the pieces and not the image that they'll make. And all you can do is keep hoping your guesses will add up to something. My question is, what if they don't? What happens if the reasons you find aren't the ones you're looking for? What if there is no why? What do we do if she doesn't want to be found? It Doesn't Want Symmetry features Kira Apple as Jack St. James, Dallas Munoz as Duncan, B. James Marler as Ben, and Jory Taylor as Isabella. It was written and edited by Sarah Kolb. Did you, too, spend your week digging around through piles of microfiche in a basement storage facility somewhere, hunting through years and years of old history for the chance possibility that you might find some answers? Tell us what you're looking for, or just let us know if you liked the episode. Hit us up on Twitter at podsuperstition, at superstitionpodcast.tumblr.com, or by email, superstitionpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the episode, we know for a fact that great fortune probably befalls those who leave a review on iTunes or wherever else you listen. We can't say that you'll have bad luck for the rest of your life if you don't, but better safe than sorry. 
If you're planning to go out and celebrate the end of the week tonight or lament the state of the world, here's a piece of drinking advice for you. In some Jewish tradition, odd numbers are considered lucky, and even numbers, particularly pairs, are bad luck. According to this rabbinic piece of advice, if you're out and you've already had two drinks and you're debating whether or not you should have a third, you probably should. If you don't, you might attract the attention of a demon that will haunt, hurt, or even kill you unless you can trick it into thinking it's counted wrong. If you're successful and you can trick it into thinking you've had 101 drinks, then you win. Because apparently, at 101 drinks, the demon bursts. That's a lot of Long Island iced teas. We're not exactly sure what that looks like, so if you're successful in making it happen, be sure to take a picture. <laughs>